0: Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist, neuroimmune, and genomic specialist. I am your host, Kara Stewart Mullins, and I invite you to sit back, grab your favorite beverage or cup of coffee, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a video episode of coffee with dr stewart i'm kara stewart mullins your host and of course above me is my brother dr kendall stewart how are you i'm doing good good i haven't seen you in a while
1: i know i know i know
0: COVID's kept everybody away from each other
1: yep a weird time in texas
0: it is a really weird time in texas do you have your coffee kendall do you have your coffee Coffee. i got my coffee (laughs) Let me get my glasses on here so I can read some notes. But today, everybody, we are going to be talking about COVID, post-COVID, and all the symptoms that are lingering with a lot of patients, right, Dr. Stewart? Right. So we're on episode 46 of our journey through Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I can't tell you how many... Phone calls, emails we've gotten. Can you please ask Dr. Stewart what to do about COVID? How do I not get it? We did an episode a couple months ago um, about protecting yourself from COVID. So, on this episode, you know, we did the COVID, uh, how to protect yourself to not get COVID. This episode sure. is about recovery from COVID because. You know, I always like the facts in the beginning, so I'm going to just roll through a few facts. First, I want to pay homage to all the people who lost their families or family members It's terrible. Um, You're probably still trying to figure out what happened, how it happened. Some people were very quick to pass some uh, many, many months. I had friends that were affected. I know, Dr. Stewart, you had patients that got COVID. That's Mm kind of why we're here, because there is a lot of people saying they're experts out there. And giving out this crazy information that I just, I don't know if I can get my head around um, some of the things that they're saying. And I just wanted to bring you on and give your expertise to the people who listen to us. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to start with a few facts. Okay. And. You know, the main thing that most people report, of course, when they get COVID and they get, you know, uh, hospitalized is they get the lung issues, right?
1: Well, for most of the hospitalizations, yeah.
0: Well, Dr. Stewart, where do you, because you know, the, the title is Common Health Issues Post-COVID, How to Overcome Them and Future Protection.
1: Well, I mean, here, here's the thing. The, the only thing that COVID actually does that's really any different than any other virus in that whole family and I'm not just talking about the coronaviruses, but in the influenza family, and all of the RNA, the small RNA viruses, is that it sets off inflammation exponentially greater than right. other other viruses in its family, and that's actually what it's been probably designed to do.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Okay, and basically um, that inflammation, if you're not programmed or you're not control of you don't have the ability to control that inflammation wherever that viral uh, inflammation occurs it's going to be devastating to that organ right right and so if it is in the lungs obviously we can't function the lungs does not handle inflammation well at all so when you certainly get into problems with you know pneumonitis and um, significant lung issues uh, you're you're in big trouble.
0: Well, talk about the the you know you say it's in the family of the flu virus like COVID nineteen now there's the South American variant well, now there's the family,
1: so it's a coronavirus and there are actually five viruses in corona in the corona family okay and that you know they they have weird names like you know Eastern respiratory distress syndrome right
0: that's, that's why we shorten them.
1: names right and so we we co- COVID nineteen just means coronavirus from 2019, that's all it Okay. Learned. Now, um, these are RNA viruses, which means that instead of being a DNA virus, which is something like herpes family viruses. Which these is uncurable? Well, these okay. consist of RNA. And the problem with RNA viruses, as we're seeing and we've known all along, is that they mutate very, very quickly. They do not right. stay very stable in the population. And the problem is they're so small that Basically, even gravity doesn't affect them. They're they're literally one point two nanometers in size, and Is that I, I
0: meaning flow, in the body that you're talking about.
1: That means anywhere. Viruses so, are they so tiny. Float, they float in the air, and so they're so small that that really um, there's just a lot of issues on how to how to protect from them. In fact, um, I'm not a big mask advocate. Um, I don't think the mask actually protect people from it, but the Long and the short of it is, I, I to give you an idea how small it is. There was a mathematician in, New, in uh, England, okay, and he decided to go about taking the size of the coronavirus and what he determined was the relative amount in the entire world. Okay, and he had a bet with his wife. His wife thought it would be like a you know, put all the viruses, it would be like a, an oil tanker, you know, or something like that, right? But he thought. He thought Maybe it'd be the size of a swimming pool, but do you want to know what size it really came out to be? What? The size of a Coca-Cola can.
2: That
0: With all, all viruses, viruses could sit in?
1: All, all the coronaviruses in the entire world could sit in. You right? mean like
0: even though they've they've multiple? That's how small they
1: are. Yeah, so if you took them wow. all together and you brought, you brought them together, they'd only fill a Coke
0: can. From all around That's the fun. world, people that had COVID.
1: That's how small they literally are.
0: Is that what makes it more challenging to get rid of? Sure, because it's it's transmissible because you can't stop it. That's the droplets that come out from
2: underneath the mask. What they're
1: finding out is they don't, in flu, they travel on droplets. But other than that, what we're seeing is that they free float in the environment. Right. Or at least that's what we're being told. And now they're mutating, which is what we expected it to do because that's what they do. The reason we have to do a different flu shot every year when we're trying to make a vaccine for flu is because they mutate into a different form almost every year.
0: So when you talk about mutating, is that like similar to the uh, people in North Carolina that apparently didn't travel anywhere and got this South African variant? How would right. they get that? Or are they just putting a name on it?
1: They're just putting a name on it, meaning that they found it initially in South Africa and that's where it's what it's called. I mean, I we, name, we name viruses according to where they're discovered. Now, the biggest issue that we have, though, truthfully, to get down to it, is that what's happening is since we don't have a way to kill COVID, you essentially get over the COVID itself. You get over the acute syndrome of catching it, if you did indeed catch it, meaning meaning, a lot of people caught it and didn't even know they had it.
0: Right. I mean, a lot
1: of people. Sure. And so the thing is, though, uh, in people who had a Lot of symptomatology from, for instance, in my office, I caught it. I was down for two and a half days and was then essentially back to normal.
0: Yeah, you said you lost your taste,
1: right? right? My smell, my smell, and my smell, taste. and your taste. And smell is kind of pathognomonic. If you lose your smell, you definitely caught the coronavirus. There's very few things that can do that, okay? Now, but John, my PA, he was down for 13 days, right? So the whole idea is that. You know, it's much more severe in some people than other, and so the only reason we can describe that difference is not the amount of virus they caught, but the condition of the immune system that you catch it in.
0: Hence, our show today. (laughs) Hence, you know what what?
1: most people—what most people confuse—is that they think the people who have the weakest immune system will be the most effective. And that is not the case. It's the people who have the most aggressive immune system Mm -hmm. will become the sickest
0: because what, you know, you've talked about that in a lot of shows, the overaggressive immune system just goes into overcharge and it it overdrive and attacks everything
1: it can, everything it can. That's why you say if nobody
0: gets sick ever, those are the ones to worry about. Well,
1: yes, because those people's immune systems are working so hard that you're never gonna turn them up anymore because they're already working full blast. Now
0: okay. the problem is COVID can turn it up. Because it can it can penetrate. So
1: you got people who have never been sick who then catch this or never really think they're sick and then catch this and then they're in a they're bad. death they're deathly ill. Right. So ultimately, what we actually need to do for these people is to slow the immune system down to buffer it.
0: Okay. So slow the immune system. Because everybody's saying boost the immune
1: system. No, you don't. Because what's happening is everything we're using to help people get over this virus slows the immune system down.
0: Hydroxychloroquine. Right. That's a medication. Zithromax.
1: Zithromax, Mm -hmm. Okay. I use low-dose naltrexone CBD oil. Do you understand.
2: Well,
0: the first three were prescriptions, right? Really.
1: And so the long and the short of it is everybody who has it under control or you slow the immune system down, the immune system is actually what makes you sick, not the virus itself. It's the immune system attacking the virus.
0: Okay, so we're going to have to like really delve into that part because that's a little confusing because you know, we I get emails every day from every type of company, and they're saying, You got to boost your immune system, boost your immune system, take elderberry, take NAC, take zinc. But NAC is an anti inflammatory. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into that later.
2: But what it
1: does is it calms the immune system. You understand? Because what you're trying to do is calm it. Now, that gets you past the acute episode of COVID. It doesn't kill the COVID. Right. When President Trump said use hydroxychloroquine and Zithromax, he wasn't saying this is killing the virus. Well, he, he didn't. He was saying, "You yeah, the immune system and you'll get over it. Got it. Okay? Now, the problem is it's still around. Right. And so, and in fact, we have no idea how long people can carry it.
0: Well, right? is it going to be like the flu where it's just here every year? I think so. Yeah. I mean I don't see how a virus I was kinda of thinking the virus isn't gonna just go away magically and No and I think
1: it's and the vaccine is gonna to have to be different every year, is my opinion. Just
0: like the flu. It's something that we may have to live with. I mean nobody's exactly. certain. It's only been a year.
1: Well, the answer is we're pretty I mean we we knew what was gonna happen. I mean I did. I knew what was gonna happen. It was gonna mutate. Well, of course you're a virologist. World.
0: I mean, you know everything about viruses. So
1: So the long and the short of it is is that we just want to Control the immune system so the immune system, your own immune system, doesn't destroy you. I got you. The problem is once you think it's gone, which means you get over the acute symptoms, what we're seeing in the post-COVID syndrome is an explosion of aggressive immune function, meaning the immune system is continuing to be stirred up and ongoing in its ability. And it just won't stop. Just won't stop.
0: So what about We're the people that end up in the hospital? I mean, like they have those to be.
1: People are, those people are going to be really sick afterwards for a very long time.
0: And why is that out. for those people? Because the
1: immune system is still turned on because we have no way to kill the virus. Okay.
0: Well, let's talk about a few things, because when I was reading all, they, you know, they call them long haulers. I don't, I'm sure you've heard that term for people that are still suffering after COVID months and months and months. But every every issue that they mentioned is stuff you have been treating since I've known you. So, you know, breathing problems, brain, um, even in young people, strokes, seizures, Julian Barr syndrome. I was like, OK. beyond
1: beyondbury.
0: Guillain bars, excuse me. It's, spelled- <laughs> it's French. Yes. Um, and then you, temporary paralysis, maybe risk of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. I want to get to that. That's from the Mayo Clinic.
1: No, yeah, but that's not really what's happening. What's happening is you're turning on inflammation and you're not able to turn it off long
0: term. So they're talking about the neurological conditions it's affecting not- you so long that it could hurt your brain.
1: See, but I think that they're wrong. What happens is you're turning on the immune system and the immune system is continuing to be turned on. And if you don't have a way to turn it off, it will affect the nervous system and every other organ in the body too.
0: Yeah. How do you think that they're already saying that the risk of developing Parkinson's and Alzheimer's is higher? if you? Hey,
1: Kara, so they're looking at correlations. Okay. So my favorite thing is, did you know that every car wreck that I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. There are tires at the scene. Yeah, every car wreck. So I think tires cause car wrecks. Therefore, if we can make a car without tires, we would never have another car wreck. Does that sound stupid? Yes. Yes, that's what they're doing.
2: They're comparing.
1: Oh, look, we have people who caught COVID, and now they have this. COVID must have caused this. Right. COVID set off the immune system, and the immune system caused this. Right. There's plenty of people that get those diseases without having COVID, because their immune system is what causes it.
0: So because it just caught up well, in, that leads into the, the number one symptom is brain fog, or they call it right. COVID fog, because yeah. it, it gives them headaches, dizziness, lingering um, loss of muscle weakness, nerve damage, everything that you treat all the time.
1: Well, here's the thing. If you have a mutated interleukin-5, okay, which lots, lots of people do, all my patients do, Right, then you activate herpes family viruses, and so that's why you're getting Guillain-Barré syndrome. You're getting activation of shingles and all the other things afterwards. These okay. are not. It's not the COVID that essentially the COVID just uncovered the immune problem. That was would it have come out?
0: Is COVID? Um, would they have been fine? Maybe their whole life being the way they were, or did is COVID uh, waking all that up? So to speak the answer
1: is eventually they probably would have had a problem, but who knows when. Here's the deal. So the 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 issue really is how well do we buffer our immune system? So when you're a young person in your twenties and you've got great testosterone as a man, hormone, great progesterone as a woman, you are buffering it and you're not going to get very sick from it.
0: Because is that why younger pregnant. kids and teenagers our younger
1: kids are a little funny. We we're still trying to figure out because they don't have those great steroid hormones. Right but they probably do have immune systems that are just not quite as hardwired for aggressive inflammation.
0: Well, what about the people that, that return to normal health? They just bounce back super quick or you said that they get it and they're fine, but those people that get that, they
1: don't have the immune, they don't have the genetic basis of their immune system being overly aggressive.
0: Okay. So these people that, that say they have the COVID fog, the brain fog, the headaches, um, what would you? Can you give us like a, a case study of some of your patients? That have a couple case studies. Well, not
1: you really can't use my patients because I'm already controlling the inflammation in my patients. Right. You understand.
2: So, so the a lot classic, of the classic
1: thing is I'll have a new patient that comes in and and they come in for dizziness or they come in for neuropathy or they come in for anything that I classically see. Right. But we when we look at their history, it didn't start until after they caught COVID. Nine and why
0: ago.
2: is that?
1: Because the COVID essentially initiated the immune aggression.
0: And they came to see because they have dizzy, you're known as a dizzy doctor, and you know how to treat okay. things like that. So, so they never had that is, problem.
1: Remember, our first step of all healing for us is controlling inflammation. That's our first step. Right. So when we have people on low-dose naltrexone, CBD oil, so if I have a patient that catches acute COVID, I do put them on Zithromax. Okay. I will occasionally use hydroxychloroquine, okay? I typically don't use more than that, but I'll always have them on low-dose naltrexone. Okay. And I also typically have them on some CBD because I'm buffering the immune
0: response. What about any other, do you use the neuroimmune infection control? Of course I do. Of course I do. And course we
1: have acetylcysteine and all those other things in our supplements. You know,
0: when COVID hit, I mean, I was like, okay, business is going to be really bad. And I think everybody flipped out and bought every immune product sure. under the sun from us. And yes, very blessed and thankful for that. But I'd like to guide people a little bit better onto what products to kind of gear towards instead of just say, take your vitamin D. Well, vitamin D is, explain why vitamin D is so essential because that's that's the one that everybody seems to be getting.
1: Well, vitamin D is a steroid. Most people don't know that.
2: Right. It's
1: called a secosteroid. Seco means dry. And so basically, uh, vitamin D is a very, very, very complex complex molecule. It does Um, so
0: many things.
1: Yeah, and that's because anything that's a steroid becomes what we call a nuclear factor. It's able to go into the nucleus of the cell and actually do a lot of things to tell the nucleus to do certain things with DNA to... To buffer the cell's response. Now, overall, vitamin D is just a very nice steroid that buffers inflammation. Right. So everybody focuses on calcium's function in bones, but it's really much, much more complex than that.
0: Well, we have the vitamin DK with K, mm-hmm. you know, which helps with the calcium, correct? True. Sure. You just need a tiny little bit.
1: Right. So it- the long and the short of it is what you're doing with vitamin D and with zinc is you're buffering the immune system.
0: Now, what about the neuroimmune infection control? The neuroimmune infection control has
1: many things that are natural anti-infectives. They're the things that we've taken out of our foods. We've hybridized things out of our foods. And this is just the natural things that God gave us in our foods to help us with infectious.
0: Because you have lysine. I mean, all the things in there. There's like eight of them. So
1: by taking that, you're really... You may be helping the COVID itself, but you're helping the other infections that will tend to come on the back of COVID.
0: Okay, explain that.
1: So when your immune system gets overworked and it gets tired, there are many things. Herpes viruses are the most notorious. Mm-hmm. They will pop up when the immune system's in trouble.
0: Hence why a lot of people have dizziness, because herpes loves to live in the inner ear, as you always say. So
1: is what you mentioned earlier. The well, I the said- is more than likely a virus. We don't we can't identify it yet, but the fact that it's coming following a COVID
2: means right.
0: the
1: immune system was just overly challenged and something came in and activated
0: behind it. I mean are you nervous that it's just one year in? Do you do you think any surprises are gonna come?
1: Not in my I don't not in my mind right now. Yeah, I don't think we have any idea what's going to happen with this vaccine. We really don't have any idea. So. I
0: mean, I know you're not anti-vaccine. You always say to check, make sure you have the the good on and off switches for the immune system before you vaccinate, because everybody wants to know your opinion on that. And well, this is a different
1: type of vaccine that we don't have a lot of.
0: Well, they experience. made it in less than a year.
1: Well, but it's not just that; it's the type of vaccine it is. It's called a messenger RNA vaccine. Okay. The problem is the messenger RNA actually goes into every cell in the body. And so it's not just affecting the immune system, which is what what classic vaccines do. It's affecting every cell in the body. Okay. And we just have no experience on how things gone. The animal models prior to this for these vaccines did not go very well. So so I'm reserving my opinion.
0: There you go. well, like, like, like you're, you said, you're you're not anti-vaccine if it makes sense for the person, the patient.
1: Well, we just have to have enough experience to know that this is going to work. Right. You
0: know? I mean, a lot of people are scared out there. We know that. Okay, Doctor Stewart. Then that leads me. You said to me a couple of weeks ago, one of the main um, issues that a lot of patients are having is depression. Can you explain sure. that?
1: Well, you know, uh, depression involves inflammation, also. So. Any type of inflammation in the brain, which we've been um, closely paying attention to, these cells called microglia,
2: mm-hmm.
1: these are immune cells of the nervous system, and we know they're respons- responsible for a very large amount of neurological diseases, including depression and anxiety and all those other things. So when you turn on the immune system, you don't just turn it on in one place, you turn it on everywhere. Right. And so, and the problem is anything that gets inflamed just doesn't work well, including the brain. So. Obviously, when the brain can't keep up with this biochemical production, depression is naturally going to happen.
0: Is that because, like, serotonin is affected, and every
1: all of them are affected? I mean, it's inflammation of the brain itself. What
0: have you been doing for and those so, patients
1: for depression? Well, I do the standard things we do. We, we we love to control inflammation. We always help them with DCI. One thing That's that
0: dechyro- any- you're talking about de- DeCairo, and Mm-hmm.
1: That helps glucose delivery back to the brain. Uh, we also help them with methylated vitamins. We use a lot of methylfolate plus and other things. And okay. we always focus on the mitochondria too to make sure we have enough energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Muscle weaknesses and muscle pain is another one. I was going to talk to you, ask you about mitochondrial. Like, is it so poison? Probably not
1: mitochondrial. That's probably neural. Oh, okay. That okay. the nerves are just not carrying the signal very well.
0: But the weakness would be, did the mitochondria get poisoned to an extent? No.
1: No, I don't think so. What happened is the nerves are just not carrying the signal very well. So they're not constricting the muscle as heavily. And the pain is certainly inflammation in the nerves, kind of like a fibromyalgia pain.
0: Right, right. And then the headaches, you know, every time like me and Brad get a headache, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have COVID because <laughs> the headaches are really bad. We don't, we haven't had COVID yet. We've been tested three times, but intermittent fever I've had, you know, and I'm just no. like, why am I not testing positive when I have a fever of 101 for like five days?
1: Well, it's probably not COVID, but the thing is you got to test for antibodies to see if you've caught it before.
0: Yeah. I came back yeah. negative but I get the flu a couple of times every year. So I think what a lot of people are doing are freaking out when they start to feel sick and they forget now, Oh, it's the flu season.
1: Well, listen, if you are taking good care of your body from a nutritional standpoint, you're eating healthy, you're taking your supplements, you're controlling your immune system in some way. You don't really have anything to worry about.
0: Okay. So then let's get, unless you're, unless you're over the age of 70. Okay. Say that
2: again.
1: 70 year PK, their immune systems and their nervous systems just don't tend to work as well. Their, their, their systems, their cells are old. Right. And so we have to be cautious with those people who, who are in the elderly age range and make sure that we're extra diligent on them uh, with so their supplementation and their oversight.
0: In a general sense for supplementation, is PEA in there as well? Sure can
2: be
0: it can be because you love to use p e a for inflammation I mean, you' take
1: it depends on whether you're a physician, yeah, so I mean it depends on whether you're a physician. We have prescriptions that are available to us, we also have lots of non prescription things available to us, so it depends on your approach, and none of them are wrong, you right know, none of them are. There's an, there's an anti-parasitic prescription drug that's being used by a lot of doctors. I've used it before. I don't love it. I think it has a little bit too much toxicities. But but in general, none of them are wrong because they're focusing on the immune
0: control. So for PEA, you sometimes use that if people aren't comfortable taking CBD, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. You can tell us like what PEA
1: would help. I take you. PEA. So, PEA helps the cannabinoid receptor, so the CB two receptor.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: PEA is modeled after what we call an endocannabinoid, which is a cannabinoid that the body makes to control inflammation. And so, it's just uh, it just helps the immune system control itself from too too much aggression. Okay. So all we're trying to do is keep the immune system working at the right rate, not letting it overdo itself.
0: Okay. Very interesting. I'm glad to hear all this. What about people that suffer from heart palpitations or uh, it's affected different organs in the body? Is that just the inflammation again, taking it over?
1: That's what I firmly believe. Yes. Okay. Okay. And the heart palpitations, the heart nerves are no different than any other nerve. They are irritated. Now, it could be other viruses that are firing up at the same time. I mean, if you offer free barbecue to the neighborhood, everybody comes.
0: You know what I mean? (laughs) So weak immune system party, right? Okay. So Dr. Stewart, like any long-term things um, that you're worried about with those patients of yours that have had COVID? First of all,
1: if if you catch COVID and you take these things to help your immune system, you've got to keep taking them. You can't just stop once the COVID's over. Right. You're over it. So what I'm recommending is people pay attention to their immune system at least another six months following COVID.
0: And how, and do, you, how do you look at your immune system when you go to the doctor? What do you, what do you suggest with blood work and titers? No, or? a
1: lot of it. Well, we have some new types of blood work that are coming out. They're not quite available yet. Right. But, um, and we're, we'll hopefully get a really good understanding of it with this new type of blood work where we can measure the inflammatory markers.
0: Is that the immunoassay testing?
1: Yeah, well, some of the SMC testing, single molecule counting. Okay. And so we'll get a very good idea then. But what we're doing right now is just kind of listening to the patients. Right. And you can listen to them and tell. If you're having good days and bad days, mm-hmm. that's inflammation.
0: So you know, if they're having yeah. trouble sleeping, you know what to do about it. If you're sure. having trouble, if what about the lingering coughs and things like that?
1: Well, that can be neurogenic too, meaning the nerves, nerves are extra sensitive. Now, like I said, we don't know whether that's the COVID that initiated or if it's another virus that came in behind it
2: mm-hmm. that
1: is irritating the nerve. But, I mean, um, COVID certainly affects the respiratory system. Right. Anytime you do that, it's going to make a lot of mucus production. It's going to do everything it can to get rid of whatever the causative agent is. And so that doesn't surprise me at all
0: so do you can I ask your personal opinion on a few things? Sure. um, I know they're still doctor related, but do you see this um it has slowed down slowed down um at least I guess doctors are figuring out how to treat it Is yeah. that you know,
1: so doctors yeah, have known how to treat it for a while
0: yeah that I kind of feel that too. I feel that too. And then we kind of understand what supplements, you know, everybody's taking zinc, everybody's taking NAC, everybody's taking vitamin D with K, uh, like you said, methylfolate, that's a good one. Anything else that we're missing besides PEA and CBD?
1: No, I think that overall, those are, you know, very good choices. The problem is each of them has a specific target of how it helps things. So right they're actually much more effective together as a recipe than they are individually.
0: Right. Right. That's what you have
1: to understand.
0: I feel a lot, a lot of people are just being taken advantage of. And, uh, a lot of companies are pushing every immune product under the sun and you can, your immune system can only be helped so much.
1: Remember you're not, you don't want the immune boosters. You don't want the.
0: What would be an immune booster?
1: Well, like, um, I don't know. um, Echinacea is a perfect example.
0: You don't want
1: a lot of echinacea because it activates
0: the immune system. Okay, that's very good to know.
1: That makes sense. So things of that nature you want to be very careful with. You don't need immune activation. You need immune calming.
0: Not suppression, but just calm. Mm. Okay.
1: In theory, you are suppressing it slightly, but you're not suppressing it to where it's suppressed.
0: Right. It's still working, but it's working adequately.
1: Correct.
0: Okay, so, you know, I found a
1: marathon every day. You're tired, right? But if you run one every few weeks and you're in shape, you do well.
0: Would the mitocell be something to help them with the weakness? I
1: like the but but it's only for people who need it. You know, if you have good mitochondria, you don't necessarily need it.
0: But if you're you're weak, I'm
1: always going to go back to genetic
0: testing. I know you are. I know you are. It's hard because, you know, you can get genetic testing and then you got to have a doctor interpret it. And we've got it, It's easier now with GX Science as your report kind of gives you the what is on it uh, by your mutations, what you need to take and what's recommended. Well, obviously,
1: people who get on their genetics and they have trouble delivering vitamin D, they need much higher doses. Than and K. Thousand, you don't want a thousand units of vitamin D. You want 10,000 of those people.
0: Right. And what about, so eating more whole plant foods, eating healthy fats, is that just a given? Fermented so foods? always a
1: given. And you'll oh. find out that a lot of these people that do poorly with COVID have pretty terrible diets.
0: Yeah, my the few friends that I know, they're – they're um, they like to enjoy life. Let's just say it that way. And they got really sick with COVID and um, you know, you can kind of see after the fact, the picture that, Hey, you weren't taking great care of yourself before. What you put in is what you get out. Right. Right. Any other um, case studies you can give us? Like any, how about yeah, your I children, can- your, the kids that you take care of? So, so many of the spectrum well, the kids,
1: kids actually do pretty well. I mean, we've seen a quite a big, um, some acute changes in a lot of the kids who are on the spectrum, but we can get control of them pretty well. And they tolerate. would one of
0: the? What's that would?
1: What would that that they mean? Just show a lot more symptoms after when they've caught it. You know, they just become a little bit more aggressive and wild and OCD. Kind of not with us, but I mean, my patients do fairly well because we've already got the immune system under control.
0: So well, that's, that's because you're you. I'm not aware
1: of any of my patients that have died.
0: That's very good to hear. That's great to hear because they're doing your protocol. Yep. Well, Dr. Stewart, I'm going to wrap it there because uh, I think this is a lot of great information. It might give some people some comfort.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Any words of wisdom about COVID?
1: No, just, I mean, obviously this, this, as far as the method that we've been using a long time to help people by checking your genetics and understanding exactly what your body needs is always the best way uh, to prevent any of these problems.
0: I just don't know how you could treat without genetics these days, so i can't
1: i don't I don't practice very well without it,
0: right. Yeah. You got to know what's going on. All right, big brother. I appreciate your time and uh, look for us on the next one of Coffee with Dr. Stewart for questions. You can email info at Coffee with Dr. Stewart or visit us on the website, www.coffeewithdrstewart.com, or you can go to drkindlestewart.com and find out more about him and his practice. All right. Thanks everybody and have a blessed day. Bye.